Beth, I'm, I'm really sorry, but this episode might contain some spoilers. 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 I'm going to have to leave. Sorry. Yeah. If you've not watched this episode, then uh, sorry, you're going to get spoiled. Hello, it's David. This is just a little note to say thank you for being very patient with us. As you may have noticed, last week we didn't post an episode. And that is because, to be completely honest with you, and to be completely frank, I was in hospital. You probably know that Beth and I do this by ourselves and we don't do it with any backing from anybody else. So when we're not well, whether that's physically or mentally or for whatever reason, we just need a bit of a break, that comes first. And we hope that you understand. We're really sorry that we weren't around last week, but it means this episode is even more special because we're full of vim and vigour and piss and vinegar in our veins. So <laughs> we hope you enjoy... We should be back next week with The Crusades, um, which we've realised is four episodes, not two. So actually, it's been quite nice because it's given us a little bit of extra time to watch everything. We hope you're having a wonderful week. Enjoy the episode. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Hello. 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 Welcome to the Watch Podcast. Hello. 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 Here is Funny Schmello. to the Who Watch podcast, where we're watching every episode of Doctor Who from 1963 to present day. She's Beth, I'm David, and we're two huge Doctor Who fans, and we're continuing our Who Watch journey this week with The Web Planet. The Webby Plan. The Webby Plan. It is the 13th ever Doctor Who story. Before we begin, please do remember to subscribe and follow us on the socials. You can find us on at Who Watch Podcast, and you can email us with your thoughts on the story or our episodes at thewhowatchpodcast at gmail.com. Plus, if you're on Spotify, you can let us know your thoughts via the Q&A buttons. And if you're enjoying our travels through time and space, please do give us a rating on your podcast provider of choice, or tell your pals and spread the word of the Who Watch podcast. We have a lovely review. We have a lovely review, do we? It's so nice that people actually email us, isn't it? Some of you, have you got time to be able to do this? I don't know how I... you've got time in your day to be writing nice things to us. I No, I love it. I love that people have taken time out of the day to literally, not just like tweet us, or like, like the episode or whatever. They're literally emailing us. Right, please continue. Please I love do. This. Uh, well, this one is from Emma Senior. Best place to swallow a drink. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hi, Emma. Hi. Uh, they say, hello. I have been enjoying listening to the podcast. I have enjoyed classic Doctor Who for years, but have never really found anyone to speak about it properly with because most people I know only watch New Who. So I'm really enjoying hearing people speak about it in such a fun and interesting way. I have just listened to the Romans episode in The Office and had to try really, really hard not to die laughing out loud at the end. I'm very intrigued about the fact that you listen to us in your office. What do you do that means you can listen to us blabber on about the Romans? So I've heard now people listen to us in the office. People listen to us at the gym. The gym? The gym? If you listen to this while on the treadmill, 
Excuse I mean, me? if you're lifting weights to the Who Watch podcast. Yeah, get them games. <laughs> and um, a couple of people have said that they listen to it in their car on long car journeys. Oh, I like that. And, and tube journeys as well is another one I've found. I like, public, I like public transport and I like car journeys, but I'm very intrigued by the people who are listening to us, whether at the gym or in the office. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I quite often listen to podcasts to when I'm cleaning mm. or like when I'm on a walk. To like, I guess it's like... Company. You know, like body doublings, like when you like have to kind of like, do you know what that means? What's body doubling? It's like um, when you can't get things done without another person being there. Oh, okay, so right. So like yeah. sometimes I'll be like, oh, like does anyone want to work in a cafe with me? Because I will get shit done. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I feel like, like if I listen to a podcast, I can clean or I can mm. do the thing. So I can un- I can understand the 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 mindset of like what listen to it at the gym. I'm like that with crying myself to sleep. I have to have someone next to me. <laughs> To cry, cry with me. Not trauma, just, just Scottish. Like, <laughs> it's just what we do. It's just what we do in Scotland. But I don't think I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast while exercising. I think I'm. I, I, have. I have to have like a good, good music. I have to like exercise to a beat, if, unless it's yoga. If you're doing cardio and you like listening to podcasts while doing cardio, can I thoroughly recommend um, the Who Watch podcast? Well, obviously the Who Watch <laughs> podcast. But can I also recommend um, Fee Glover and Jane Garvey's podcast that used to be on BBC, it's now on Times Radio, and it is great if you just like people chatting, chatting shit. Yeah. Because it's just that's chat what you need. Shit. Like, that's, I think that's what that's what I like in a good podcast is that you feel like you're listening to friends. Yes. You know? So um, we hope that we can be your friends. We can be your friends. We can be your be friends. Your, be my friend. Be my friend. <laughs> be, be my, my friend, friend with the little meat. Um, Emma. <laughs> Why won't you be friends <laughs> with the little meat? <laughs> you bit their tummies out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Emma, Emma finishes her email by saying I look forward to listening again next week not if we're doing meep impressions all day um, however I do find the web planet to be very incredibly slow so wishing you both like watching it um, we wish that we'd read that before watching the web planet because god we needed that um, thank well, you Emma <laughs> so we also had a tweet um, from someone that said I'm hoping that you're gentle with web I see it's flaws but I've always been a bit partial to the imagination and attempt made with the story mm. which like yeah i get that i think that's very fair before we continue let us summarize the story with beth axford you have 30 seconds to tell us what is the web planet go okay the tardis is oh wait stop sorry (laughs) i set the timer for 30 minutes i actually think it would be harder for me to do it in 30 minutes because i wouldn't know what to say after 20 seconds honestly (laughs) okay three two one go Okay, so the TARDIS is pulled towards this planet and and then it lands on the planet and then the Doctor and Ian go to explore and then they find this thing. There's there's the race called the Monoptera and the Zabi and the Animus are controlling the Zabi and there's kind of like this war and the Monoptera like went off to another moon because like there's like a war between them and it's all a bit shit and it's basically like... 10 seconds. F- fucking crazy with these big bug things. <laughs> I'm under a lot of pressure right now. <laughs> and it's all the Animus' fault. <laughs> and that's your time. <laughs> and like you just stopped dead. And that's Animus's fault. Because that's it. The TARDIS lands on a planet and it's all the Animus's fault. That's really all we need to know. I mean. The TARDIS lands on a planet. Yes. It's all the Animus's fault. And the Zabi and the Monoptera are at kind of like a little war with each other. And that's basically the plot. That is. <laughs> that's that's you watch podcast for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you and goodbye. And goodbye. Well, I. <laughs> I can we can we put the Zabi noise over us over our theme tune this week? I'm a Zabi girl. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Going into this, yeah. 
I really didn't know what to expect because I have obviously seen images of the Zarbi and the Minotra. The Zarbi iconic are, 60s. Iconic kind of, 60s yeah. like television. The, the Zarbi are these ant-like creatures that are very controlled by pe- very much controlled by people on two legs. Mm-hmm. And the Minotra are these moth people. <laughs> I think they're meant to be more like butterflies than moths. Got, well, they're very hairy. They've got moth they energy. They are, but then the, I think I read on um, the internet that monoptera is like a word for butterfly. It's like a scientific oh. word or something. I mean, I'll double check that because that might not be true, but I read something like that She's earlier. talking shit. Um, so um, I think, but you're right. I think they are meant to be like butterfly-y, moth-y kind of. Monoptera. Although you called them the monothra earlier, which actually kind of makes more sense, doesn't it? <laughs> so many of the names from the story had biological origins Minoptera were both and Optera were both derived from <laughs> Lepidoptera the name for the order of insects which includes butterfly so I guess that would also include the moths I assume um, and then one of them is called Propilus and that and, um, that came from Papilio which is the Latin mm. for, word for butterfly which you just said um, Spotty Yucky Duck Delicious and then Animus was another t- <laughs> what? Spotty Yucky Duck Delicious <laughs> Okay. Animus, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, animus was another Latin term meaning angry spirit, which... Spirit. 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 Animus. Animus. Um, yeah, so I just, I think that's really interesting. Um, but I would presume they're meant to just sort of be like close to the butterfly moth vibe, but not 100% either, either way. The sets, the imagination... The ideas, even down to the planets in the sky and all the scenery, like it, that is all stunning, stunning, stunning stuff. The money was spent on making it look gorgeous and the it, concept is great. It's really, really great. And so this is my, my main problem with this is that I think so much of it is so great that it's it's quite disappointing to me that I don't feel that the pacing or writing quite matches up to the rest of it yeah. and it's really sad because conceptually like me and you both said afterwards we'd love to write like a sequel to this or we'd love to write a doctor uh-huh. thing visiting revisiting the web planet because conceptually it's really great i would love to see the 15th doctor return to vortis and and carry on that storyline mm-hmm. i think it would be so interesting like imagine what new who could do with that or and know, just tighter writing a tighter tighter writing but also i think if you did it now, I kind of would like to see it without the kind of... Because um, I think there would be a temptation to make it CGI and really, like, t- really no, kind of, right. like, computerised. Whereas yeah. one of the things that... One of the save- only saving graces of Legend of the Sea Devils. I'm sorry, I didn't really like it. But the Sea Devils in that yeah. look really good. And, and that's a 2022 really good, like, story, for anyone yes. who doesn't know. Um, um, it, they yeah, look, no, they look great. They look great, and it's very kind of, like, reminiscent of... It's, it's updated, mm. but it's very reminiscent of what was around in the 1970s. Yes. So this is the thing, actually. So the, the specials that just aired last year, um, when you watch the Doctor Who Unleashed and you see that the Meep was actually completely made as like an animatronic, yeah. like real puppet, it looks insanely good. But then what, they've put CGI over it that kind of makes it look more like a cartoon when I just think it looked great as the animatronic. But I think yeah. the whole point is to like yeah. mix them together. But I think what, what I would like to see is if they ever did this again, was would like have the costumes and the, mm-hmm. all the puppetry or the animatronics and as little CGI as possible. Just, think... a, just a little bit to kind of clean it up and make yeah. it look really, really sharp. Yeah. But you just like, it's there's something really magical about, there's the something really magical about, about all the costuming. And yeah. yes, like the, um, the ants are kind of like, 
The Zarbi. God David, sorry, don't. Sorry, Zarbi. Sorry, misappropriated. Miss offensive. Miss offensive. Misoffensive. Misoffensive. Yeah. Misoffensive. Miss I don't offensive. know what I'm trying to say. Who's not going to say misoffensive? Um, <laughs> like, there's something. <laughs> 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 there is something deeply stupid about the Zarbi being on two legs and wandering around, but like. There's something. There also is something really magical about like the the Minotha just like flying in and like so their wings. There's a scene in like, episode five where they're just flying about for uh, yeah. a bit, and it's so like genuinely. There's some bits in this that are quite funny, but I thought it was really beautiful. Yeah, like how they managed to do that in in 1965. Like it looks incredible, and they've also because the camera's a bit blur- blurry, like that really helps. Um, and I was like, wow, they have managed to make something look really kind of eerie and kind mm. of beautiful and kind of very spacey. And it looks amazing. Yeah. Although I get, I guess it being in black and white definitely helps. Does, does, definitely um, does help. But I, yeah, I also thought that there was quite a few nice concepts in the first episode that I really loved. So at the beginning, Ian and the Doctor leave the TARDIS before Vicky and Barbara, and they put on atmospheric density jackets. Yes. Such a cool concept. It's so nice to like. So obviously, like the Doctor is like, right, we're going to put on these atmospheric density jackets so that we can go out onto this planet that mm. you know whatever and then and then he knows the planet as well when he gets it so it just really like feels like he's this spaceman yeah. who's an adventurer he's he knows of vortis he knows that there shouldn't be moons like vortis mm-hmm. doesn't have any moons so why are there moons here and he wonders when they land like what's dragged us down what's tra- what's, yeah what's and it's so cool here. and then also the doctor's ring opens the tardis doors right? at the beginning and i just love i love that and then i thought how cool would it be if shooty gatwa uh shooty gatwa's doctor does that because he has so many rings that would I would be really love cool. that. I would love to little, hop back to that. Because I thought they were going to do that a little bit with Peter Capaldi. Because Peter Capaldi has a, a wedding ring that he wears constantly. He wears so it all cute the that time he never wanted to take his wedding and ring never off. Never takes it off. Peter and Elaine forever. Peter and Elaine forever. <laughs> um, so like they made it part of his Doctor Who costume is that he had this one particular ring. Yeah. And I thought they were going to do something really special with it. I thought they were going to do like a little thing yeah. with it, but then they just like leave it, which is fine. But like it was, I, bit, I bet Peter Capaldi would have loved it because he was a really big classic Who fan. Absolutely. He would have loved it if that ring did the same if the if the if the twelfth doctor's ring opened the TARDIS doors in the same way as the first doctors did, that would be so iconic. Would be really cute. Um so yeah, while the Doctor and Ian are out and about basically sightseeing and being like, lads on tour. Um, the Doctor gets Ian's tie destroyed and he's angry about it for the next he's five so episodes. He's so mad about it. He's so mad about his tie getting eaten up by Asti, even though the Doctor was saving him from literally burning his own hands. Um, <laughs> what's really nice is that there's really there's some nice stuff we see between Barbara and Vicky while the two of them are away. So, um, so like one of the things that we see is that uh, Barbara tells Vicky about the adventures that they had with Nero yeah. um, and she's like what? Well, she's, she's actually a bit like oh well you just I haven't told you yet but I'll, t- I'll tell you later I'll tell you later and she's obviously like but she's like kind of showing off her bracelet like oh mm, yes look at this bracelet mm. that I've got and Vicky's like wow where did you get that from? And she goes well I got it from Nero oh. I also absolutely love the dynamic that they have that Vicky is from the future and so she thinks that everything that Barbara has experienced in her life is archaic because like they're both from Earth and Vicky's like why would I take aspirin? (laughs) What is aspirin? I I don't want to take your and then she's like well you know if I took this it's like if you took leeches like from the Victorian (laughs) times and like it's just it's so funny I love that dynamic and we really like learn a little bit about like Vicky's education and what her life is like in the future she studies for a whole hour a week like same I wish I had that and also was able to retain knowledge about medicine physics chemistry it's I love it though I love that they've got it It actually makes it so interesting because also she has this kind of like future 
futuristic otherworldliness that Susan should have had. Mm. But like, she has a more rounded character, but and that's really interesting to put alongside two people from the sixties. Yeah, because they're so different, but they're also from Earth. So it's like they have a link, and they're also like a little family. But then there's these differences Real that they're learning about, and I just, oh yeah. And also, I think that Vicky feels futuristic in the way that she feels like quite a free spirit, mm. whereas I don't feel like Susan really felt that way. And I wonder if that was part of the the sort of storyline of her being from the future. Like, did they, is it sort of someone, I mean, it might not have been purposeful, but it kind of feels like they're being like, in the future, women are like this. Yes. They're a bit more free-spirited. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of, they talk back a bit more. And do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I might just be like, you know, projecting too much onto it. But I but find I that like really that. interesting. I like that analysis. I also just really like how they don't go too deep into it. So like, yeah. Vicky starts talking about like, these computers that she and the other children like sit around to learn about stuff and then Barbara's like right I'm not I've heard too much already <laughs> she's like shut the fuck up Barbara's like shut up <laughs> what, what do you mean you don't sit in a classroom what are you talking about it is it's so good though because I feel like in the in the first episode and actually for me I think the first episode was the best one of the lot mm. and I enjoyed it the most and then I think I I sort of stopped enjoying it as much mm. when it got to the episode three so then I realised at the beginning while we were, we were just talking, that I, the most character moments are in episode one. There's a lot, we yeah. spend a lot of time with our favourite characters in episode one. And then for the rest of the story, we don't actually really spend very much time. Like, I couldn't actually really tell you very much of any conversation that any of them have. Mm-hmm. They all they all don't really interact that much. And obviously they're all split up, so that makes sense. But mm. there are so many side characters and so many sort of side plots going on that I actually feel like we missed that like the only person I can really think of that really did anything was Barbara. I really feel like she drove quite a lot of the plot with a monoptera. Monoptera. So um, we we get the Doctor and Ian going on their little lads' holiday to start off with. Yeah. Then just boys. Barbara gets dragged out the Tardis by her gold bracelet. Love that. Also, it's so, it's just like such an interesting way of linking the ro- like the last story, the Romans, with this story. Yeah. She is still wearing her bracelet because. That's probably the most expensive thing she's ever uh, yep. in her life. And and she gets dragged out of the TARDIS because the Animus can control gold. Yeah. Which is such so funny. Um, and I love that that's how they all get separated. And that Barbara actually ends up with the Binoptera. But then like when she gets there, she like she's like she's not having it she's just like no i'm not i'm, I'm leaving and she's just it's so good. the one thing i really noticed as well when she first gets to them and they take off the, the bracelet she doesn't scream and i just thought that it's such a good indicator of how long she's been traveling with the doctor that she doesn't scream she actually just stays really calm and she's like who are you and i was like wow like you know you? if that was susan she would have been screaming her head ah! off but also just like barbara is so used to this stuff now that she is confident like she was yeah. really confident in taking that on and getting herself out of that situation and i, I just was like come on barbara come on babs come on babs Vicky gets dragged away in the TARDIS, mm. which the Zarbi are controlling with their minds. And at one point, you think that the TARDIS is actually flowing away because you hear the engines going because Vicky's like running around yeah. trying to work out how to. And she's flipping all these switches. Flipping all these switches trying to work out how to stop the TARDIS from moving. Yeah, which comes in handy later. Which does come in handy later because the Zarbi are moving the TARDIS with their minds. Yeah. The Doctor and Ian then get captured by the Zarbi mm-hmm. and they get to go into the nest. 
Ganesh. Which is so beautifully painted. Like, it is. It's the sets are really pretty. The sets are really, really yeah. well done. And that's all the positive critique I've got. No, joking. Um, can, I, can I say one more thing about Vicky? Yeah, yeah. We'll move on because I think this is the best place to say it. And so something else that I thought about, about her being from the future, is there's like a scene in the TARDIS with Barbara where she's like, talking about that she wants to go somewhere I, I can't remember what exactly she says but she's like oh you know i want to go somewhere with lots of things to buy eat and wear and i was like oh my god like that I, it feels like they're painting her to be from a really consumeristic capitalistic future mm. where like that's what people care about and that like, obviously like we're they're not wrong now. yeah they're not wrong but i just thought that was so interesting that we're getting that such a such a difference between like her and Susan and also her and Barbara and Ian. Mm. I just thought it was a really interesting thing to say because also, do you remember how bored she was in the Romans? So she was only really happy mm. when they were like at the market and like eating and buying and, you know, consumerism. That's so interesting. Like, like I want to know more about Vicky. I mean, obviously we'll, we'll find out and I'm sure there's extended media as well, but I'm like, was it, were they trying to sort of paint this consumeristic, do you know what I mean? That's so, I had not even thought about that. That's I'm so having some deep thoughts about Vicky. No, it's really interesting. <laughs> no, um, because you're right, like, the, in the Romans, the best, the, the parts where she's, like, happiest is when she's bartering and when she's eating and when she's just kind of around other people. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't so, yeah. care for the statues and the history. No, the history for the culture. No. Unless it's, like, a moment that, it's, like, it's, it's. It's it's not selfie culture, but it's selfie culture in the kind of like <laughs> Vicky. Vicky, <laughs> Vicky has a, a comment on selfie culture, but from from a nineteen sixties perspective. But like, she is only interested in the history because it's something that she's read or she's mm. something that she's she's like heard about. Yeah. In the same way that I guess you could compare it to kind of like celebrity culture. Yeah. Or like how we will like lots of people in today's society will only do something. Because they know it's like it's Instagrammable, it's Instagrammable or famous, or, or like like they'll only like care about certain stories when they're sensationalized in a certain way, mm. or like movies are made. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's like yeah, it's so it's so interesting because I just keep I have all these thoughts about Vicky that I I actually think are like probably too deep for this story because she doesn't really. I actually can't remember Vicky doing very much in this story. No, she doesn't do very much. <laughs> but how many like how many of us would have gone to see not not to make it this comparison exactly, but like. How many of us would have gone to see Barbie if it wasn't marketed as like a really like marketed in a particular way? Oh, I can't, I can't, please don't get me started on Barbie because I won't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we talk about? Can we talk about the voice of the Animus? So there sexy is sexy lady. <laughs> there is this. There is this um, dark evil entity that has uh, captured the minds of the Zarbi, hence why the Monothra. Minotra. Minotra. I don't. I don't give a. <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck, my love. <laughs> you sounded like Sam from Hula La. I don't give a fuck, my talent. I don't give a fuck, my talent. Hula La. Hula La. Sorry, I. I don't think that. I don't think we should mention that podcast. Don't listen here. to the Hula La just, podcast. I just think that's really disgusting. I think yeah. that's really horrible. I mean. <laughs> I mean. Some people, some people are gonna not gonna work out that we are joking. No, they and will. They'll be like, they will. "Wait, oh my gosh, you actually hate each other?" And then I'll like take a photo with. We'll take a photo with Sam next and Alistair week, yeah. next week, and they'll be like, "But you guys, have you heard what they said about you?" Have the have the Hulalas, um the, the Hulalas. Have, have they have they talked shit about us in their podcast? I hope they have. I don't listen to it, so why would I know? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what were you saying? Anyway. You say something about the Monoptera, but I've got I've got a note in my phone fact, my at the end um, of part one when the TARDIS disappears and 
and everything like and i've written down i love that he says my ship rather than my friends <laughs> <laughs> oh no the, the, friends. the girl that i've adopted and known for a month <laughs> and a half not her she's fine but the ship yeah it's so funny it's so funny um no i was saying the voice of the animus so there's a there's a um, a dark evil entity that has managed to take over the minds of the zarbi and that's why the monoptera have like left the planet and they're coming back to kind of like reclaim their land and um the it's called the animus and um it has psychic powers to the point where i'm like i'm the, the last scene in the last episode where they're like trying to defeat it i'm really not sure what happened there yeah it feels but, like it's supposed to be some sort of like godlike entity yes. that's sort of manifested into this weird octopus plant well yes with a really sexy voice she's got a sexy voice so that was the point i was gonna make the voice, oh, voice. the voice is really why have you come now? <laughs> Good evening, Barbara. <laughs> Mother. Hello, Doctor. Mama's um, been it's... sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's very ASMR, isn't it? It is a little bit ASMR. <laughs> Mother, the, the Zabi are standing outside the window again. <laughs> Mother, the Venoptera are flying in my head again. I've got no notes past that episode ah! two, so this is great. Um, can we talk about, so the actual, what I found really interesting that I really wish was sort of written in a more interesting way was that the Monoptera have fled to a moon, yeah. which is not really meant to be there, but because the Animus um, is controlling... Oh, the moon! The, yeah, because <laughs> the Animus is like controlling the magnetic North Pole of Vortis. What? Sorry, that was just such an... I just want to explain that niche, niche reference. Okay. Uh <laughs> Go on. It is, it is Alexis Mateo from series three of US Drag Race in the Veterans Task, where she goes, I could be on Earth or the moon. Wow, thank you for explaining thank that you. joke. Um, so the Animus is controlling the magnetic. I think the Animus is sort of like controlling the North Pole and the magnetism. So like it's, all of these moons have been drawn to the planet. So that's how the Doctor's like, something is up here. Um, but the, so obviously because um, the Animus is controlling the Zabi, mm-hmm. it, there's this like little war between the Monoptera and the Zabi and the Monoptera have fled to a moon, but there's some left. But also, then they've got their descendants that have sort of started growing. Oh uh, my sort of word. <laughs> so what funny. The, the Optra. Optera. And they sort of do this weird thing where they hop when they walk. It's it's, it's very big sleepover when you're seven and you're all in the sleeping and you're bag. Wearing, and you're all in the duvet. In the duvet. <laughs> so I was explaining that Optra are like the descendants of the Monoptera. Yeah. And they don't have wings and they can't fly. Um, they're so sad about it. It's when they're like, when will we fly? Yeah. They also have these like gruff, So one of them weird... sounds exactly like Robin from Ghosts. <laughs> and I couldn't get it out of my head. Um, have you seen, do you watch Ghosts? You know the caveman? Do you know who I'm talking about? I've not watched Ghosts. <gasps> I know. I what? know. I know. I know. It's on my list you of things to do. You would love Ghosts. I know I would. I, it's like okay, on my well, list so of things I, to do. I will, I will show you after the pod like, what I mean. So he has Me. the exact same voice as Robin from Ghosts. Um, so yeah, aside from that, I don't honestly... I've read the plot. So I watched it. And I've seen this before years ago. I watched it five years ago. I've watched it now. I read the plot on Tardis Wiki, then I read the plot on Wikipedia, and I still couldn't really tell you what happened, because I feel like, and this is a problem we had earlier on when we were watching the Daleks, I think, a few months ago. Yeah. There's so many side characters, and so many yeah. different things going on. So you, you have the Tardis team who are all split up. You have the Zabi, 
You have the Monoptera. Yeah. You have the Monoptera that are on the moon. Yeah. You have... On the moon! The Optera. <laughs> you have the Optera. <laughs> show you this clip afterwards. Who are the descendants. <laughs> so, um, so, so, Zabi, Monoptera, moon Monoptera, descendants of the Monoptera. Then you also have the Zabi larvae that you don't even find out that that's what they are Oh, the my end. gosh. Then you have the Animus, and yeah. you have the Doctor Ian, Barbara, and Susan. It's too many things. Susan? No. <laughs> Susan's oh back. God. Oh, my God. Why? <laughs> We have the Doctor Ian, Barbara, and Vicky. Oh uh, right, so the liver of the Zarbi. The liver of the Zarbi. The li- the liver of the live live eye of the Zarbi. <laughs> no, what? no, no! It's just the way you said it sounded like an episode title. The liver of the Zarbi. Six doctor episode. The liver of the Zarbi. The live eye of the Zarbi look like Nunu from. It's new the whole it's time. It's new from the Teletubbies, but oh it's someone god. crawling around with fringe around. It's, it's literally. It's, oh my god! It's so bizarre. It's just like it looks like it looks like Nunu, but with like a really short snout and with like that can shoot things. That can shoot out things. Of his face. Uh, and then it's got like fringe down the side as opposed to. It's like, actually really cute. It's like a fringe, big ass woodlouse. The fringe is meant to. I'm assuming meant to be like lots of lots of legs, but it does just look like like. It looks like fringe. It looks like fringe it on the trolley. Like, you know those old '60s suede shoes with the fringe <laughs> on the top. <laughs> to taking note from Barbara's footwear. Truly, they've been observing. I think, as a writer, if I was to rewrite this, I actually think that just it being the Zabi versus the Monoptera battling out for their planet and having the Doctor mm. and Fred. In a similar, actually, I guess it's probably too similar to the Daleks to do that. I think that would have been such a... I just think something has to be chosen, you know? Yeah. Because I do think the Animus being able to control the Zabi is very, very interesting. But there's so many elements and so many things going mm. on that I don't... I, I think that it really kind of makes it a much harder watch when there's so much in there that's so interesting. And I think if they could just cut it down, I don't think you need the larvae. Get, they're cute. They're really cute. But like, but they they're, also, not, they're they, not adding anything. And they also worship, they also worship the Monotra as gods. Right. So there's all this god stuff as well. There's all this kind of like... Religious, like... Yeah. So so they worship the Monotra. The Monotra worships the light, the god of light. Like there's all of this religious stuff as well that's really interesting. Like there's so many interesting concepts and I can't get my head around them. Oh. And when at the end, when the animus... Mm-hmm. is like trying to kill them she like blinds everyone with lots and lots of light yeah. and so like they're like and and one of the, and one of the monoptera starts walking towards the light because and it's like they worship because light. they worship light yeah. that has just hit me, me and it's too. oh my gosh that, that's what i mean though there's there's like genuinely think all of the religion stuff and then worshiping higher powers and the, 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 con- <laughs> the concept of the, like the, the, this is such brilliant stuff but all of it together I found it too much. Mm. I found it too much. And it's in a similar way that, would you remember when we were talking about the Keys of Mariners and well, that's too much going on? There was way too Love much. Love all the concepts. But if it was like cut back, I think this could have been really, in a similar way that I found about the sensor rights, like, like a really beautiful kind of story with so many really alien and cool concepts in it. But I just found it too much to the point where as you're saying, certain things are only clicking in my brain now and I've seen it twice and I've read TARDIS wiki and I read the normal wiki. <laughs> I agree with you in that I think that this this suffers from it suffers from just being six episodes. If it was if it was someone had come in and be like, right, you need to cut this back and you need to make it four, I think it would have just sung so much better. It would have just yeah. like Really Made it four and taken out like two concepts. Yeah, <laughs> just take, just remove, remove two of those things, and it would have just really yeah. sharpened it up and made it far more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, because again, th- like this is probably the most conceptual that the show has been yet. 
in terms of like a brand new species because like obviously we get you know dalek invasion of earth has like has a particular concept of what what the earth looks like when the dialects come in the future Mm -hmm. etc and that's fine but when you're on a completely different planet with a completely different atmosphere two different species three different species four Mm -hmm. different species a dark god like it has it's so conceptual Yes, um, and I read earlier that they were trying to do, they were trying to replicate the success of the Daleks right. in the same way that they wanted to do with the Keys of Mariners. They wanted to replicate the success and have these like creatures that were going to be up. That's what, so apparently they spent loads on the set and the costumes, which right. you can really tell because they wanted it to be as, they wanted the Minotra and the Zabi to be as iconic as the Daleks. And funny enough, it's, it was one of the things that I looked up when, and was going to be one of my fun facts, but I decided against it. I'm having something else. This was one of the episodes in this serial is one of the most is the most viewed of the Will and Hartnell yeah. era. It is the most. It's the. It's got the most. I think it's got the biggest average viewing figures of the whole era. Mm. Um. So yeah, it is. It's. So I, I genuinely think it's so. Imp- it just suffers from having from being two, six parts and having too many things going on. Yeah. Because think about it. How interesting is the animus as a concept? How interesting. Yeah. Like the the problem as well is that it's too. It's almost too impenetrable because it's too law heavy. You have to know about Vortis. You have to know about the magnetism and the planets and why that's all happening. You have to know. The, the Zabi that they come from Vortis and the Monoptera and then you have to know that these other creatures the Optra have um, descended from the Monoptera mm. and then you also have to know about, about like the religious so it's like there's so so much going on that overcomplicates this world so, so actually I think it could, would have worked actually better if they made it more episodes and actually like explain the concepts better or mm. cut it down and cut down the different concepts. Yeah, you know? make it eight and then like have it Really focus for... on it. Yeah, and give, and, and that's the thing, all of those extra elements which are really exciting then take away from us getting good moments with the TARDIS team which is the mm. kind of the main reason that and you tune back in is to see the TARDIS team, you and know? And there are nice bits but especially between Vicky and the Doctor because which is like the important relationship mm. I think that needs to start being built up in the next couple of episodes is because yeah. obviously, well, spoilers guys, Ian and Barbara leave quite soon. Like, <gasps> I know, sorry. <laughs> but it's um, really good to see that, like, the Doctor and Vicky have have a lot of their time spent together. Yeah. And Vicky, Vicky isn't, like, screamy companion type, yeah, stereotype. She's quite, she's smart and she's, she's clever. But there are points where she kind of has lots of questions about things, which is, like, the companion's job is to ask questions. Yes. But she's, I, th- I feel like she's setting up that kind of, Mm-hmm. archetype in some way mm. because she will she will be like well what do we do now doctor how do we get out of this situation and you did it doctor this is where she's like you did it doctor it's like you did it too vicky <laughs> i just want <laughs> you, you do also it. take some responsibility yeah it's interesting isn't it because i feel like vicky actually breaks the mold a little bit and mm. it's the first companion that's really got a lot of like what well, apart from okay i mean young companion i'm not talking about barbara here obviously barbara already does this but she has a lot of autonomy personality she fights back yeah she's not like you know, she's kind of the opposite of Susan, really. Mm. Um, and I, I, there were some moments of that in this, but not enough, I don't think. It needed more. It needed more, but seeing as this was six parts, and it, also imagine if you were watching this as a viewer over the course of six weeks, and you probably didn't feel like you were getting to know Vicky. At, you know, how many how many weeks has she been there now? Maybe like eleven or twelve. Yeah. Twelve weeks. Yeah. I can do maths. Um, <laughs> so that's a long time, and I feel like we actually got more from her in a two-parter the rescue mm. than we are seeing from this which is fine like not every story has to be really character driven and yeah. character moments. but the thing is i think those moments are really what make doctor who doctor who yeah and so those i would have liked more of that yeah one thing i want to say about the animus 
So it, for the most part, the animus is a bodiless voice that we do not see. Um, and we only see at the end as this massive tentacled spider type yeah. creature. Mm-hmm. Um, but the great thing is the way the animus communicates is... is it, it, it seems to be like some sort of telepathy, but the way that that telepathy is like started is by a tube appearing from the sky. That the doctor calls a hairdryer. That the doctor calls a hairdryer. <laughs> and it comes right into this like clear plastic tube. Yeah. And then you hear, hello, what have you been doing? <laughs> That's how I want to communicate with everyone in the future. But it's like, yes, well, I've... Don't talk to me unless I have my hairdryer around my head. <laughs> and then no one else can hear it, so Vicky has to go, what did she say? Yeah, yeah it's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> And I, I do think the Doctor is quite funny in this story. There's a lot of really funny bits. And I'm like, I don't know if they meant this to be funny, but there's a lot of comical stuff. Mm. Um, and the Doctor's really funny. And I I think it's nice that he's keeping... There's really no grumpiness to him at all, actually, anymore. Yeah. And it's interesting when you compare it to, like, you know, even Planet of... Like, he's, he's just completely changed. And it's sort of staying... There's a little irritability when he's like in in the hairdryer. But it's like funny though. It's yeah. not like like I feel like in series one he was more like mean, but yes. he's just like funny, kind of grumpy now. How many stars would you give the Webby Pan? This is really hard. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it is because I, I, I see the ambition and I see the creativity and I see yeah. the, um, the I see what it's going for. Mm. I, I just think I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it two stars. <gasps> Okay, well, I was going to give it a three. And I was only mm-hmm. going to give it a three literally because of how interesting I find all the concepts and how interesting I find the sets and the costuming. There's a lot to love about it. But yes, it, yeah, I can see why I you gave just, it a two. I think that for me, the concepts are really interesting. Mm-hmm. But they are not dug into enough and rooted enough there's not enough room for them either to, to to warrant me kind of thinking that they are um mm. better than some of the other concepts that have been explored in the show yeah. it's like it's simultaneously um too long but also there's not enough room for everything absolutely it's too long and yet it's too short it's mm-hmm. just and i just think that um the webby plan it's too long yet it's too short that's the episode title <laughs> the webby plan <laughs> Um, I, I also, I missed, I missed my TARDIS team working together. Me too, man. We can give it a two. I'm happy to drop down to a two because genuinely think I really enjoyed the first two episodes, but the last four were a slog. Like all the, all the set design and the costuming is like, is is great. And I don't think, but like, that's the other thing is I don't think there is a particularly standout performance from anyone no i think i think barbara was great but i don't think they gave her enough for it to be like yeah it was a great performance absolutely like there's stuff there's everyone does stuff yeah ian does ian's butt has a really great close oh there's a really great shot of william russell's arse and that's all i can remember him doing (laughs) that's all no but he's with they don't see also wasn't he on holiday for like an episode I don't know. I can't. I don't no, remember. that was no, that was that was Jacqueline Hill. 
<laughs> wow, I don't remember. But this is the thing, like, I enjoy the first two parts. Then I found the next one so hard that even by the time I got to the end, like, I don't think the last episode's a bad episode, but when you're at that no. point and you don't know what's going on, it makes it a bad episode. Because well, I don't know... I can't get my head around all this. It's like Ian wanders around some underground tunnels for a couple of episodes, and Does that's, that's literally it. Remember that? He escapes from the they escape from the Zyby, yeah. and then he just like wanders oh, yes. around with a yeah, monopra yeah. underneath. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. I don't fuck about what they're called anymore. Um, in the underground it's tunnels, you're, you're, I think I your just... brain's trying to call it Mothra, which is like my, from Godzilla. It is, <laughs> I, I am trying to call it Mothra. I'm happy to give it a two if you want to give it a two. Sorry, everyone. That's really, I think that's our lowest scored episode episode so far, but I it just... It is. And the thing is, for me, I was bored for the first time since the Reign of Terror. Right. What how did we how give, many did we give, we give the Reign of Terror? Terror? Gave it two stars. But then I wouldn't say it's as bad as the Reign of, Ter- Reign no, of Terror. that's true. So I would probably give it a three, because... W- w- the only reason we're not doing half stars is because I can't work out how to make that work on the Canva. Can you not do it half? You're not without paying for an account. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I would give it two and a half to a three. Because I, I definitely yeah, got more I, out I of it than I got out of the Reign, Reign of Terror. Terror. <laughs> I love how that's the base level of like what is but that's bad. What, I mean, this is, this is the, the least I've enjoyed a story since the Reign of Terror. Mm. Um, which is great, actually. It's quite a good run of stories. Yeah. Also, series two was on such a high note until this point. Like, really, really right? high. So actually, going from that high to this, it's sort of even more difficult to judge it because mm. you're like well is I would say is this really bad or is this really bad in comparison to, to the the, all of the great ones yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy to give it a 2 if, if you want to give it a 2 but I wouldn't say it was as bad as The Reign of Terror no I agree let's stick with 3 because okay. I just I, I can't I can't put it in the same bracket as Reign of Terror, Reign of Terror and we also is... can't re-rank The Reign of Terror <laughs> Reign yeah. of Terror wow worst episode ever should we go on to some of the story? Let's do it. So every um, Who Watch episode, we pick a song that encapsulates whatever story we've watched. And then we add it to a playlist called the Who Watch Podcast Song of the Story playlist on Spotify. There's a link in the thing. Um, and so we, we pick a song every story. We both pick a song and then we choose which one we would prefer. Yeah. Um, so what song have you picked for, for the web planet? I've picked Firestarter by the Project No. Um... <laughs> I would pick it again and I will continue bringing it up until until we eventually put it on the on the playlist. This is niche. Go off. I picked Goldwing by Billie Eilish. Oh. Because it's about okay. angels. Okay. And I was thinking of the monopterous like little angels. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'll I'll take it. Like yeah. sometimes something just reminds you of something and it's like it's not the closest link, but it's like what you thought of when you. It's got it. wings in it. <laughs> okay, so uh, well. I've picked two songs because I picked one earlier on in the story, but then by the end of the story, I had another one in mind. So my first one... We've worked out... Oh, I mean, I've worked out what the first one is. No, no, I'm going to go for the, the, uh, my other one first. Oh, we're going to the other one. Okay, okay. So, the Zabi have some of the Monoptera, like, working as slaves for them, and they cut off their wings so they can't fly away. Is it Slave for You by Britney Spears? No. Oh, okay. It's Flying Without Wings by Westlife. <laughs> And also, then, then, then David has gotten up. David is leaving the room. <laughs> David is leaving the room. <laughs> Flying without wings. Um, by Westlife. Because, also, later in the Shut story... Shut up. That's a good choice. It is a great choice, but it's also deeply stupid and I love it. No, I know. And also, later on, when the Optra when we meet them they yeah. also haven't got wings because they <laughs> developed underground. But oh, yeah, then, they try and fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bless them. But then... At the end of the story, they're all worshipping the light and how the light has come. So I picked 
The Light Is Coming by Ariana Grande, where the lyrics are, The Light Is Coming, to give back everything the darkness stole. And who does The Light oh. Is Coming by Ariana Grande feature? Beth? So I'm really Answer upset it. to say this, because I didn't mean to pick, and also, can I just say, this is like one of Ariana Grande's like least, fa- least, least good love songs. songs. I know I love every Ariana Grande song, but it's one of her not good ones. Um, and it's featuring Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Which is so annoying because I don't I don't want to bring her back into the conversation two weeks in a row. But I think the light is coming is the best choice for a song for this. Like the whole thing that they have at the end is that the light has come to save them. They worship the light, the temple of light. The light has come to bring back everything, especially even for, for the opera. They live underground. The light has literally come to bring back everything the darkness stole. This is the perfect song. Just can we just pretend that Nicki Minaj isn't featuring on it, please? Don't tap the fucking table. Sorry. <laughs> um, Don't tap the fucking table. If you're here, tap the fucking table. <laughs> um, I think that's. I. A, I think... Yeah. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, it's the best choice. Let's put it on, but with the caveat of saying congratulations yeah. to Megan The Stallion <laughs> for her new deal with Universal Music, which means that she gets to keep all of her masters and all of her publishing rights. And we don't support Nicki Minaj, but we do support... <laughs> we do support Ariana Grande. The light is about coming to bring back everything, everything in the darkness stuff. Talk to me Monday, If you're Ariana, come let me give you a high five. Should we go on to our quote? Let's go on to our quote of the week. Do you want to explain quote of the week for anyone that doesn't know? So we pick a quote which we love, that we think is iconic and silly and stupid. And funny. And funny, funny. From every story. Made me laugh. Um, So, Beth, what is your quote of the week this week, please? Okay, so I have two. Mm Mm-hmm. The first one is, soon the mouth will appear. (laughs) Because I just thought it was funny. Yes. But the funnier one is, size is only relative. And I don't know when they say it. I can't remember the context, but I just wrote it down because I thought it was funny. Size is only relative. And I can't remember what context they were talking about that in. Um, maybe I'll look it up in the script in a minute, but um, I don't know which one's funny. I just like them both. Mine is, and I need to stand up for this. <clears throat> Drum roll. Zabi! 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 Same scene where the Minotra are trying to draw attention to themselves and to. I don't even know what they're I doing. I can't remember what the I thought they were trying to scare but them, then, but then I was like, you're not going to scare someone by shouting their name in their face. They start yelling Zarbi at Zarbi. Zarbi. And they just start yelling Zarbi at the at these. At the, at the Zarbi, and it's mm. just like, what is it going is on? Insane, and it is very funny. Um, I can I can understand why you picked that. Zarbi, yeah, Zarbi, Zarbi, it's very funny. I don't know which one we should pick. I like them all. We could go for Zarbi, but I feel like when we write it on the poster, it's not going to have the desired effect without hearing it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? All caps, Zarbi. <laughs> Loads of eyes. <laughs> um. Yeah, we can go for Zabi. I'm happy to pick Zabi. Are you sure? Yes. We can have the mouth will open. The ma- soon the mouth will appear. Soon the mouth will appear. <laughs> I don't know. I like them all, but I just the Zabi one was the funniest one. Zabi. We can go for terrific Zabi. Zabi. Okay, let's pick that. Thank you. Sorted. Okay, can we just let's... agree that the only background character that is um, plausible for this are the Zabi larvae? No. The moons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which moon in particular? Anyone? Any uh, the Monoptera? There was one that was called the T. 
Tyson. I don't remember them saying names. They have names. Tyson Cole. Why would they need names as well? Why would they need names as well? With a gay, fat Anglican Marines. With a thin, fat, gay, married Anglican Marines. Why would we need names as well? Oh, that was horrible. We're such hoovians. Um... <laughs> what, were the, what was the moon called? Pictos. That one. Should we pick Pictos? Pictos. Per Pictos. 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 Well, I, I think the Zabi larvae um, are funnier background characters because they don't speak. They just trot around, shoot things out of their face. They're just sort of there. <laughs> to be fair, they don't actually speak. I don't, think we, I don't think we could call them a hot character. The only I th- I would argue the only hot characters in this story. I, I don't find any of the Monopteras really sexy to be honest. No. But I, I think that Ian looks particularly lovely in this story. But we can't just pick Ian every story. We can't. Well, we've not picked Ian for a long time. No, okay. And, and Ian fi- looks great. Let's pick Ian as our hot character. To be for fair, the week. The, to be fair, the cake with the cakes were caking. <laughs> the bus was bussing. Okay. Cool, cool. The cheeks were clapping. Okay. I understood the first time. As in, I wanted to clap them cheeks. Ah! Ah! Not now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we've only have we got one. It's one last segment that we have. It's it's fun fact, isn't it? It's fun facts, funny funny facts for your factination, your factivation. Fun facts, facty facty fact with your fun fact facts. Time for your fun facts, what did you find out while you were surfing the internet? Time for your fun facts, what did you find out while you were surfing on the internet? Yeah, it's time for fun facts. Fun facts! Fun facts. So every week, every week we bring... Every week we bring a fun fact that we've learned about this story. Do you want to give your fun fact after that beautiful... Like, improvised sorry, intro song mummy's voice needs a rest before they continue should i go for mine you first? Go first my fun fact for this week is that vortis the planet that we are on in this story yes. is in the isop galaxy yeah now do you remember something that happened when we Where were are we going when we were no, no no so something that happened when we were watching and talking about the keys of marinus was that we loved that there was a link with the cybermen mm. um and and that thing of like hearing something in new who where's it going i can't I it's, not, that. it's not going anywhere that but, but it's amazing something that you you know and it's like things that you've heard in new who for ages and you never thought anything of but then you realize they're linked to something really big and classic who yes so the face of Bo is stated to be the oldest living inhabitant of the isop galaxy and so vortis is in the isop and they say that in bad wolf and I think it's like, you know, that scream where it's like the, the, the face of Bo has had babies or something. Or is that in the long game? I don't know. Well, any, what, anyway, so they say the face of Bo is stated to be the oldest living inhabitant of the Isop galaxy. So Vortis and um, the Zabi and the Monoptera are in the same galaxy as the face of Bo. But then um, but wait, in, Ser- in the Sarah Jane Adventures, according to Mr. Smith, Raxacrocophalopatorius was also um, located in the Isop galaxy, as well as Clom, because they're twin planets. Isn't that such a great fact? This is like, like sometimes the writers of these shows, you are fucking nerds, man. But this is what's so interesting, right? Because I think that we we forget, like, because we were kids growing up with New Who rather than Classic Who. There must be so many Classic Who watchers that when they got to New Who and heard that, they were like freaking out. And it's like you know sometimes now when we get references to like older characters you know in the giggle when they were ref- they referenced like rose and stuff like that and it mm. makes us all excited. like that's what that was and i guess it's it's so rewarding for us on this journey 
to link that up and be like, oh, that line about the face of Bo being the oldest inhabitant of the ice of the galaxy, I watched that when I was like eight and I had no idea what that meant. And even when I watched The Web Planet five years ago, I never clicked that, you know? Mm. So I just love, I love, I love the world building. I love how it links. I love that. All the connections. Yeah. My fun fact's not as fun. Oh, sorry. My fun fact's quite miserable, actually. No, I'm joking, it's not miserable. Uh, it's just really, it's just not, it's just really quite boring now in comparison. I bet it's not. So, so for those of you who don't know, the next episode is the Crusades, mm. um, which is um, set during the Crusades, which will be an interesting talking point, I'm sure, next week. Um, <laughs> but um, the reason I bring that up is because the BBC had thought they had lost these episodes and actually found them from BBC Enterprises in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And they were sold on prints to Algeria in 1973. Wow. And that's where they found the the, yeah. the copy from and were able to get the, the film back. Shit. And as a result, the last episode was changed mm-hmm. to be the to say the next time episode was the first episode of the Space Museum, which is what comes after the Crusade. Oh. Because the Crusade wasn't sold to a lot of Muslim countries in the 60s and 70s oh. because obviously it's about the Crusades. Yeah. So um, you're like... I don't know if you can notice it in like the in the version that we watched, but um, so yeah, in 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 the kind of uh, version that was sold to um, Muslim majority countries uh, across the world, they skip over the Crusades and go straight to the Space Museum. I just find it so wild that the idea of people in those countries sitting down to watch the Web Planet. Like I just can you imagine being anywhere from anywhere that's not Britain and watching? Can you imagine you're, like, you're, 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 you're in random country and you're like, you know what? Should we watch this weird British program? Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. That's so interesting. So I wanted to just end out this episode with a little bit of foreshadowing. Um, that apparently while they were making the Web Planet, this was when William Russell decided that he wanted to leave Doctor Who. Which is really sad. Mm. Apparently he felt that his enthusiasm for the series had sort of, you know, dropped down a bit um, and he wanted to change. And I just was like, it's so ironic that that's the web planet because that's objectively like the, the worst one of this series so far. Yeah. And he was just like, no, I'm done with this. <laughs> I, can, I can fully see it. I can understand why he would want to be moving on to find yeah. other characters. Because, you know, we are watching this in quite quick succession. Mm. Uh, it's been like two years for him now. You yeah, know. yeah. So I can understand why he would want to move on. Like, you know, yeah. two years in a, in a particular role is quite a long time to yeah. play one character. And it's like, it's not even like now where, for example, like Shooter Gatwork and go and film Sex Education and then film Doctor Who in the same year. Yeah. Like they were filming all year. Yeah. And the episodes were going out most of the year. Yeah. So it's like a big a big job to take on. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't blame him for wanting to uh, leave. I just thought it was a sad fact because I really don't this want Ian and Barbara to see. And that, that also, what, how many have we got left? Like three stories left with Ian and Barbara? Crusade, Space Museum. And then it's the chase, it's isn't the chase. it? So, you know, it's so sad to me that we I didn't feel like we got anything from them in the web planet because mm. I'm like, there's only three left. And, I'm, and I'm, mm. again, back in 1965, that would have been like a whole year's worth of, well, I don't know, probably yeah. not, but like that would have been months and months worth of content left with Ian and Barbara. But for us, that's three weeks. Yeah. And so it makes me, because we watch the story every week, so it makes me really, I'm really sad. sad. I really don't want to yeah. say goodbye. Like, I'm like, oh, by March, they'll be gone. <laughs> oh, well, it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we do our thank yous? Let's do our thank yous. Let's say, first of all, thank you to Beth Axford. Why are you thanking me? Because I can. 
And then second of all, <laughs> let's say thank you to me for existing. I am thank you. I I I am thankful for you, David. Gay. Okay. Anyway, third <laughs> third thank you goes to the wonderful Hayden Wynn for our music. Thank you so much, Hayden. Hayden. Very much appreciated. Boom, boom, boom. Please put the Zarbi noise Why did I do the Big Brother theme tune? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was like... That's not our theme tune, David. You will get copyright strikes. We'd also like to thank the wonderful Reese Connolly for their amazing artwork and beautiful... Graphics and logo and everything they've done for us. Please Stunning. go and hire them. They are talented in all the ways, and you can hire them in many ways, ways. like <laughs> writing and acting and graphics. Oh my goodness! Reese for an agent this week. Congratulations, Reese. Um, and finally, I want to say thank you to the Black Archive for our photos. We very much appreciate your hard work. Yeah, we love using the Black Archive to post all the pretty 60s Doctor Who photos pretty in photos. Such, such high quality. So thank you, Black Archive. It's cool. And uh, we are going to be back next week with the Crusades. Yeah. I'm intrigued. We are, yes. Let's see. I've never, <laughs> I actually can't remember the Crusade. Great. I remember I watched up to the Space Museum when I first tried to do this. So I definitely have seen it. Fabulous. But I don't remember it. We can put our little trotters up and we'll put your trotters you, you put your trotters you put your trotters up you put your trotters up my darling and we'll see you next week see you next week bye 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 bye